So today is Pentecost Sunday. It's a day that comes around in the Christian calendar once a year. And usually on Pentecost Sunday, we focus on that passage that we find in Acts chapter 2, where the early church is just recently post-ascension, right? Jesus has died on the cross, and he's risen, and he spent some days with his disciples, and then he ascends and goes to heaven, and he he leaves those early church folks to, to figure it out on their own. And it's shortly after that that the Spirit falls on the early church. And it's this crazy moment that happens in Acts chapter 2 where people are speaking in tongues and there's, and there's fire and there's this great rushing wind that blows through the room where people are. And, and all of a sudden you have all of these people that are, that are in the surrounding area that are coming to know Jesus because of the Spirit falling among them. And, and it's not only this, this moment that is, that is so crazy, but it's the mission that is revealed in that moment to those few that are gathered as well. And of course, it's, it's the mission of the church, the mission that the church is still trying to live into, to go and share the good news, to tell of what has just happened to you. So Pentecost Sunday is, is really twofold. We celebrate the coming of the Spirit And we call it the birth of the church because we believe that is when the church really started. This human effort by the power of the Spirit to share the good news of Jesus. But we also remember the mission of the church in that same breath. That the church exists for a reason. And it's a mission that we're still desperately trying to live into as we continue to be the church. So usually what we talk about is that Acts chapter 2 passage. But if you remember, not too long ago, we did a series in here called Our Unfinished Story, where we worked our way through the book of Acts and looked at the story of the early church. And one of the passages that we looked at was that Acts chapter 2 passage. So because we've looked at that recently here in the life of, of our church and of our service, I wanted to cover a different passage on Pentecost Sunday. Now, I still think it's a passage that fits our themes, but it gives us the chance to think about this day and the coming of the Spirit just a little bit differently than we normally do with that, with that Acts passage. And so what I want us to be looking at this morning is in the Gospel of John. So it's John chapter 20, and it's verses 19 through 23. So in John's Gospel, John's Gospel is a little bit different than all the other Gospels. In John's Gospel, The Spirit doesn't get imparted on the day of Pentecost, but rather the Spirit gets given to the disciples on Easter during Jesus' first post-resurrection appearance to his group of of followers. So in our in our passage, it's going to be the first day of the week, meaning it is the day that Jesus has risen from the dead. The disciples are still scared. Remember, they've locked themselves in a room to hide from those that crucified Jesus. And Jesus, their risen Messiah, comes and pays them a visit. So let's read it together. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, The doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. 
And here it is. When he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is the word of God for the people of God. And we say together, thanks be to God. Later on in the sermon, we're going to kind of piece our way through that passage in a little bit more detail than we normally do. So if you want to grab that pew Bible and flip to John chapter 20, that may be helpful. If not, I totally get it, right? The Spirit is mentioned all over the place in John's gospel, which makes this moment a highly anticipated moment in the life of Jesus and also in the life of the disciples. If we kind of peel our way through that gospel, you can see a few places that kind of illustrate what I'm talking about. In the beginning, John the Baptist introduces Jesus in John chapter 1 as the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So from the very start, Jesus in John's gospel is branded in unison with this thing that we call the Holy Spirit. And then in chapter 3, Jesus says that his ability to, to give the Holy Spirit without measure would prove that he is from God and speaks the words of God. And then in John chapter 7, Jesus promises that rivers of living water, a metaphor for the Spirit, would flow from him and from his ministry. And then here in John chapter 20, it's fitting after seeing what has been said about Jesus and what Jesus has said himself in the gospel of John, that here in chapter 20, we have Jesus himself breathing the Holy Spirit upon the disciples. Our life looks a little bit different now with a seven week at home. At home, My wife and I just had our first child. He'll be two months old on, on Thursday. And what I mean by that is that usually on Memorial Day weekends, you would find us at the lake. Madison and I both grew up going to the lake as, as kids, and we both uh, still are able to go to a lake house that we share with family, and we feel really blessed to be able to do that. But we didn't, uh, we didn't brave a trip to the lake quite yet with a seven-week-old. We were feeling a little confident going into it, and then we were like, ah, you know what, I, I, just, I just don't think, I don't think we're ready. But I still found myself over Memorial Day weekend thinking about all those weekends that I've had at the lake growing up as a kid. And something that I remember just vividly about the lake, especially my elementary school years, is that every year my parents and my aunts and my uncles would all go in together on some sort of giant inflatable raft toy, like something that was just absolutely ridiculous, probably way more expensive than it should have been, but they would buy us one like crazy new toy for us to wear out during the summer. So like I remember one year it was this giant purple octopus that had yellow tentacles going out from from everywhere. And so we would spend the whole summer like racing and jumping off the pier and trying to land on top of, I mean, you can imagine, right? I remember one year it was this giant inflatable sea dew that you could pull behind the boat, but you could also cram like five kids on there. And of course it would flip. I mean, it just, it took me back, right? I remember being a kid and watching commercials leading up to the summer, wondering, wondering if that was the inflatable toy that we were going to be surprised with on our first trip to the lake. A few Memorial Day weekends ago, we got to go to the lake with Madison's family. We rented a lake house up on Lake Martin, and we pulled up, 
And sure enough, there was this massive inflatable swan that was tied to the deck with huge wings out to the side and a huge neck that bowed up. And so, of course, right, it didn't matter that we were all adults. What did we do all weekend long? We tried to climb on top of that swan, right? We immediately played that game of how many people can we squeeze onto this swan before it begins to flip over, and I learned a few lessons that weekend, right? That it's a whole lot harder to balance on top of something when, when you weigh just a little bit more than you did as a fifth grader. And that you certainly can't fit two adults on top of one of this thing, much less one of them. But, you know, there's, there's like just something about those inflatable toys that make us want to be kids again. At least there's something about it for me that just makes me want to be a kid again. And our text for this morning, believe it or not, it made me think about that swan. It made me think about all of those inflatable toys that I grew up playing on at the lake. And, and here's why. In verse 22, this is how our NRS, NRSV translation translates the Greek here. It says this, when he, Jesus, had said this to them, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And so the key phrase there, of course, is breathed on But I don't really think the English translation there does the Greek justice. Because the Greek word that we find there that's translated as breathed on really should be translated as to blow into or to inflate. So Jesus didn't blow the spirit onto the disciples. He blew the spirit into the disciples, into their very beings. He inflated them with the Spirit. He, he blew it into their, into their lungs. So this week, I, I realized that the only reason that that, that that swan or that octopus or that sea or or whatever it was, the only reason that it has any shape whatsoever, the only reason that it can float, the only reason that that swan can be something that memories are made on is because of what? You know this, because of the breath that is inside of it. It's because somebody sat down, I don't know who, but somebody sat down and took the time to blow air into that swan until it finally took shape and it could could float. Because without the breath, the swan would be nothing, wouldn't it? It'd just be some flimsy piece of, of rubber and plastic that would probably eventually sink to the bottom of the lake. So this passage in John 20, it immediately took me back to Genesis chapter 2, where we find the story of creation, right? You know this, then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and did what? Breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man went from being a pile of dust to being a living, breathing being. So you see, we're not all that different from from the swan, because The only reason that we have any shape, the only reason that that we can float, the only reason that we're here, the only reason that there's breath in our lungs is because the creator of the universe took the time to sit down and breathe into us as well, to blow us up with the breath of life. And here in the Gospel of John with Jesus, with his disciples in that room that they had closed the door and locked it, we find a really similar scene to what we find in Genesis. Only this time it's a little bit different because in Genesis it had much more to do with breathing the breath of life into us, right? That the reason we are living, breathing creatures is because we have this breath. Well, here in the Gospel of John it doesn't have nearly as much to do with us living and breathing, 
but it has much more to do with how we're going to live and what we're going to do, the life that we're going to live because of that spirit that has been given to us. So you see that when the disciples received the spirit on that day of Pentecost in the gospel of John, they didn't just receive that life breath so they could continue to live. They also received the call and and the ability to make disciples, to spread the good news, to share the light that they knew to be true, to share it with the world. They received their mission, and they also received the mission of the church, which is why, which is why I was saying earlier what I was saying, right? With, with this day of Pentecost, we don't just celebrate the birth of the church. We celebrate the birth of the mission of the church. The church is here for a reason. We are here for a reason. We're perched on top of this hill for a reason. We're bound together for a reason. The spirit is leading and guiding us for a reason. And that reason is to go forth as a people bound together by the Spirit to share the gospel, to share the good news by the way that we live and by how we treat one another, all because of the equipping of the Holy Spirit that we know has also been breathed in to us. There's a reason that we preach Pentecost every year because I think every church needs to be reminded of that simple truth each and every year. That just as the Spirit fell upon the early church, the Spirit continues to fall among us each and every day, and the mission is no different. Go be a people that are spreading the good news. That's what verse 23 is referring to in our scripture for this morning. I want you to hear it again. It's kind of a weird verse, right? When you first read it, you're not really sure what what you're supposed to do with it. If you forgive the sins of any, this is Jesus speaking, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Which when you first read that, you think, well, what's really going on here, right? All of a sudden the disciples receive the Holy Spirit and they have the power to to forgive sins. And again, I think the Greek here is just a little bit misinterpreted by the NRSV, and I think we can clear it up in a way that makes it way more useful for us as a people today. In John's gospel, sin is mostly spoken of as disbelief or the unwillingness or incapacity of a people to grasp who Jesus is and what Jesus has come to do. If you were here when we did our sermon series on the seven signs and miracles in the Gospel of John, remember every week I stood up here and said that the the whole thesis of the Gospel of John is to reveal to us who Jesus is and what Jesus has come to do, which means the main movement against that mission would be to not believe in who Jesus is and to not be able to see what Jesus has come to do. To do. So that's the context for that language when it's used here in chapter 20. Which means that to sin was to continue to be distanced from God because of disbelief. Because of your unwillingness or inability or incapacity to, to see who Jesus is and what Jesus has come to do. So after breathing the Spirit into them, Christ tells his disciples that with this gift of the Spirit, they can forgive that sin of disbelief. 
But again, I think it would be clear if instead of saying forgive, it was a little bit closer to the Greek and instead said set free or to release. Because when we change it to that language, all of a sudden the charge begins to make a whole lot more sense to us as a people gathered here today. Because that means that because of the gift of the Spirit, because of the breath that Jesus has breathed into them, that those disciples can now play a role in others coming to truly believe in Jesus. They can set people free from disbelief. They can peel the scales from their eyes so that they can truly see for the first time what? Who Jesus is and what Jesus has come to do. That's the call of the church. And the only reason that we have the ability to do that is because of the gift of the Spirit. Because that gift that has been breathed into us as a people of God. When we celebrate Pentecost, we celebrate the fact that God charges us with this mission. And then he gives us everything that we need to live it out through that Holy Spirit that is breathed into us. Gives us everything that we need for us to go out and be the hands and the feet of Jesus. And for some reason, I just found it so powerful this week that that all of that, all of it, our identity, our connection, our mission as the church, that all of it starts with breath. All of it. If you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 2, that that breath of life, that ruah that God breathes into us that takes us from being a pile of dust into something that can live with purpose and meaning and fulfill the call of our creator. And then in John chapter 20, the only reason that we even have a mission as a church, much less have the ability to live it out, is because of, of breath. Because of that spirit that Christ breathes into our lungs just as we see him breathe into the disciples on that first day that empower us to be carriers of the gospel and conveyors of the good news. The foundation of who we are, the foundation of why we are living, breathing creatures, the foundation of why we have a purpose in this world, it all goes back to breath. All of it. It's been a wild past couple of weeks, hasn't it? I mean, it's just, been a, it's just been a crazy past couple of weeks. There's been so much going on around us. There's been shootings. There's a war going on that I think is really easy to forget about right now because so much other stuff is happening. There's formula shortages that are stressing parents out. There's this heated political climate that's beginning to really kick up again in our nation. The stats for anxiety and depression among our people are outrageous right now, higher than they have ever been. And things are more expensive than they used to be on top of everything else, right? And I'm sure that all of you have something going on in your own personal life that is unique to you that only adds to all of those things that we're bearing together as a community. And so for some reason, I I just found a lot of hope in remembering that something as simple and as is every day is breath can be so, so powerful as we seek to be in relationship with God. That that breath is our source of life, that it's what binds us together as a people, and it's also what gives us our identity. 
as followers of Jesus and as a church that is seeking to live into our mission. Just that reminder this week that I was faced with that God is as close to us as the breath in our lungs. And we see reminders of that all the way through scripture. So because of that, I thought that maybe the best thing that we could do on a Pentecost Sunday that is surrounded by craziness in our society is just be a people that are breathing, seeking to remember the breath that we have been given and what we are called to do with it. So during our next song, I'm going to ask you to really settle into this space, whatever that looks like for you. Maybe that looks like closing your eyes. Maybe that looks like laying your hands out on your lap. I'm going to ask you to get comfortable and settle into this space. And then I'm just going to ask you to breathe. I just want you to take three deep, slow breaths. On the first inhale, I want you to remember where that breath came from. Remember our story of creation. That it came from our creator, that he sat down and breathed into us individually that breath of life, making us unique and making us for good. On the second, I want you to remember who we share that breath with, that you share that breath not only with everybody in this room, but everyone who's walking the earth, that all other members of churches that are celebrating Pentecost Sunday with us on this day, that we share that breath with everybody, and it's what binds us together. So because of that, we are certainly not alone. And on your third inhale, I want you to remember what that breath enables you to do as a follower of Jesus, the mission that is set before you because of that breath, that by the power of the Spirit, by the power of your breath, you can go and continue to be someone who is sharing the gospel and spreading the light of Jesus Christ. Because I think at the core of Pentecost Sunday is a reminder that we as the church and we as followers of Jesus, friends, we already have everything that we need to live into the mission that has been set before us. And I think we can find it all in the simplicity of breath. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey friends, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for tuning into our message this week in the gathering. We hope you found it meaningful and life-giving. As always, you're invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., either in person here in the chapel or online. If you want to know more about who we are at Bluff Park United Methodist Church, you're invited to check out our website. There you'll find out who we are, what we have going on, and how you can be a part of it. As always, friends, if there's anything that we can do for you, you're invited to reach out to us. We are here to help you and support you in any way that we can. We hope that you're having a great week, and we look forward to seeing you soon.